Welcome to Life Uninhibited. I'm your host, Kristen Messagy, Enneagram 6 Life Coach for Sixes. If you have been thinking about joining my group coaching community for Sixes, I'm opening up the doors again tomorrow, February 29th. They'll be open for a week for March. All throughout March, we're going to be really focusing on our heart center the emotions we get very stuck as sixes anxiety angst fear the avoidance or attempted avoidance of these emotions i'm going to take us on a journey of really learning how to navigate these emotions understanding how to do that is crucial to feel better in life with a six brain so go ahead get on the wait list you'll be the first to know tomorrow when the doors are open i'm really looking forward to everything we're going to do together in march okay on to today's episode i hope you enjoy it hello sixes thank you for being here welcome back or welcome if it's your first time here today we're going to talk about the four horsemen of the enneagram six apocalypse. Doesn't that sound fun? Who doesn't like a little apocalyptic talk? Of course, I'm inspired by the original biblical Four Horsemen. Also, John Gottman of relationship expert fame coined the Four Horsemen of the Relationship Apocalypse. And I'm also currently reading a book that's talking about the Four Horsemen of the aging apocalypse, basically. So I was inspired to come up with the four horsemen of the Enneagram six apocalypse. Really, what are four predictable automatic habits that we have that we just kind of get into over and over and over again that really keep us out of an empowered place where we are grounded in our own selves, making choices and decisions in our lives, and just feeling well, feeling mentally well and stable and able to navigate our lives as we choose. So here is what they are. So here's what they are. We are going to talk about blame, shame, anxiety spins, and cynicism. Now, maybe you thought fear was going to be one of them because, of course, fear is a major theme in Enneagram 6s. Well, here's the deal. All of those that I just mentioned, shame, blame, anxiety spins, and cynicism are all different ways to avoid contacting the emotion of fear. Remember, all numbers have fear. All humans have fear. It's a very human emotion. Six is fear getting close to their fear. So we have all kinds of mechanisms built up to avoid contacting the fear. And these are four of them that show up over and over. I'm also going to talk about the opposite of each one. So I don't just leave us there, but we actually have some awareness of what we can do, and then also what it might look and feel like when we are in an empowered, growing place. All right, let's start with blame. So as sixes, we can tend to blame. We can tend to look 
for the external cause for our internal experience. There's a question that goes along with blame. And it's something like, whose fault is this bad thing? There's a real orientation to the fault of whatever the thing is that's happening. And there's there's a couple beliefs in there too. One underlying belief is something like it shouldn't be this way, right? This bad thing shouldn't have happened. It could have been prevented and all bad things should be prevented. That's sort of the, some sexy underlying beliefs that contribute to our tendency to blame. And blame and shame are kind of similar for the purposes of this conversation. Blame is out. Okay. We're looking out for the cause and shame is inward. So we're just now focusing on out and all sixes do all of these things, sometimes to different degrees. Sometimes we're more aware of one or the other, but we all, we all do all these things. But these beliefs, this shouldn't have happened, bad things shouldn't happen, they can all be prevented, they should all be prevented. Those are very much beliefs at the heart of blame. And there's also this fear that we have of getting in trouble or being blamed. We do not want to be blamed. We do not want to, quote, get in trouble. Whenever there's something inside that's worried about getting in trouble, that's six. That's a real sixy thing. It's to sort of have this unconscious fear of getting in trouble. And because why? What would that mean? Our system thinks if we get in trouble, we're going to lose some kind of support. We're going to lose guidance, lose connection. You know, there's a fear of losing something that we think we desperately need. So there's a lot going on there in blame. There's there's core reasons why we tend to do it. And that's kind of what it sounds like, right? Whose fault is this? We need to know who who did this because we need to know how to prevent this bad thing from happening. Bad things shouldn't happen, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very distancing when we're blaming others and it's disconnecting. There's a lot of rigidity in it. You know, you can think in terms of like something as just moment to moment of like, I have a feeling I don't want to have. So I'm going to look for the cause of that feeling outside of me. I'm going to look for the person or the situation that caused me to have this feeling that I don't like. You can also think of it in terms of a relationship, right? All the way to like a relationship ending. We all want to know whose fault it was. Who was the problem? What's the reason? Who's, who's at fault for it ending? It's very rigid. And I know that for a lot of sixes, there is a sense that they want things to be someone else's fault. And they're really comfortable landing in that is their fault. They should feel bad. They shouldn't do that. Like that's just fact in a lot of sixes minds about things. And I just want to offer that. Well, I really just to offer up how does that feel in 
your body when you're in that space. What is that like? What is the actual feeling tone? And then when you're feeling that way, what are the actions that you take? Are they moving you closer to what you want in your life or further away? I, I don't have answers for you. I'm just uh, I'm just offering that sort of exercise. I know for me, when I'm in blame, I actually feel very disempowered. Like what what can I do when I'm blaming someone else to actually impact the situation? Which which is where I'm moving us a little bit because generally more useful than blame is personal responsibility, which I know people get all kinds of upset about, which I get. I understand that personal responsibility is overused and listen, I get it. I don't need to go. I was about to like, you know, do the 10 disclaimers for my own self here, which I don't need to do. I understand it gets used as a weapon, right? Against people. We use it against ourselves. It becomes just another way to blame. It becomes, it becomes blame like disguised as personal responsibility. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a way when we have a good sense of personal responsibility for our own experience of life, there's just not as much focus on this fault situation. There's not as much focus on fault. It's much more about acceptance of the situation as it is. And from that place, from acceptance, as well as a focus on possible solutions, it's just a whole different set of questions and beliefs. So the question from this place of personal responsibility without fault attached to it, right? It's like we've taken fault out of the equation. We're just sort of looking at the situation at hand with a question of, okay, how can I move forward here? I wonder if there's something I did that contributed to this. Is there something I can learn here? What might be the next step I can take to address the situation? It's very different. And there's the beliefs that underlie this are something around there is a way through. Right? There, there's something I can do to impact this. It's really an accessing of personal agency. Personal agency is a hallmark of mental wellness. The feeling and belief combo that we can do something to impact our experience is a hallmark of mental wellness. And as sixes, we tend to give this away automatically, not because we choose to, but we tend to give this away with our automatic patterns because we're more oriented to things not being our fault or not getting in trouble or not losing support or all the things. So when our focus is over there, that's where there's more blame coming in and we just, we lose access to our own sense of personal agency. So there's 
Horseman one. The second horseman of the sixty apocalypse is shame, which is, of course, blame turned inward. Again, looking at fault. I'm the reason bad things happen. What's wrong with me is a question that shame just loves to bring. There are beliefs that go with shame and they're, they're not, they're not fun. We all have our version of them. They are things like there's something wrong with me. I need to hide. I don't belong. I shouldn't have done that. If something quote bad happens and we go to shame, we blame ourselves for the bad thing and we make it mean something about us. Shame is like a character assassin. It comes in and it just tells us things about us that are cruel, unkind, untrue. And it's it's another extremely disconnecting thing that happens. It disconnects us from other people. It disconnects us from the whole other side of ourself that is competent and grown and you know, really doing lots of good things. Like it just, it cuts us off from that side of us and it cuts us off from humanity. Shame is extremely isolating. We all know how shame feels and it's, it's not a good time. And it's really hard to meet our life and all the things that we have to do in life when we're in shame. It's, it's really difficult to do that. So what is the antidote or the positive opposite of shame is self-compassion. I did a whole entire episode on it. I think it was last week. You can go back and listen to it. But self-compassion starts to ask very different questions. It's like, hey, what's the context here? What's going on? I was talking to a client earlier today and she was describing her life and something she was struggling with. And she was saying, but you know, I'm really thinking, okay, what's going on? Like, why am I like this right now? As opposed to how I was before, like she was automatically bringing in all this context. And this is someone who did not used to do that at all. And I was like, hold on, let's note what's happening here. Because there was such a difference in the way that she was just contemplating, you know, what she's working with. And it really had this essence of, you know, I'm still here. I'm not shrinking away. I'm not saying anything bad to myself. I just, I want to make some changes and I want to understand more what all's going on and why I'm doing what I'm doing now versus what I was doing. It was very grounded and human and it just didn't have this sense of harshness or isolation. So that is what self-compassion does for us. The beliefs that come with it are that we're, you know, we're human. We're humans who do human things and there are reasons for what we do and we belong in this human family and there isn't anything we can do to keep us from belonging. It's a very, very connective experience. That is horseman number two. The third 
horsemen of the 6 apocalypse, I'm calling anxiety spins. Now, this is not a physical experience of anxiety necessarily. This is when we start spinning up all of the problems. It's really like a brain tornado. You know a tornado when it gets going and it moves across whatever, the plains, and it just starts sucking in everything in its path. This is what I'm talking about. Start to, I'm actually really imagining this one with another person because when we tend to get really spinny like this, we tend to want to share with another person because we want to discharge the emotions that we are not really so aware that we're having. We, we think when we're in this state that we're just reporting the news. We think we're just like listing all these circumstances and that anyone would have the exact same response to these circumstances. So we just say them and we just start pulling things into the tornado. We can pull in shame. We can pull in blame. We pull in different scenarios. We pull in self-scares, self-doubts in there. It's just swirly, swirly, swirly. And the experience of it internally, because I've had a few of these, <laughs> is there's no solutions, right? That's really sort of like the underlying belief here is there's all these problems, but there's no solutions, like only trouble from here on out. So there's the internal version of this, but I'm really imagining this in how it impacts our relationships because when someone comes across us in this state or we go thinking that we want help, I call this also, this is like the help me, don't help me which is I have all this energy and spin and all these problems and I kind of want help with them, but I don't really want help with them because what I have is emotions that are not being connected with, that are not being contacted at all. They're just under there. And I'm like, it's this problem, it's this problem, and this is the problem with that. This is where we get a lot of yes, but happening because when we come to people in a state, they tend to want to be helpful, but because in this state, we don't know how to direct them to help us. We're just, you know, swirling all the problems and all the things. And they're just kind of like starting to like throw things to try to help us. And then we're like, oh my gosh, like, no, you know, yes, but yeah, but no. And there's this real, uh, again, disconnecting, even if we've gone to someone or support, it's very disconnecting because a lot of times in this state, we cannot be helped. And we don't know that what we really have are emotions that need to be processed, discharged, contacted, anything to help us actually start to slow the spin of this tornado so that we can move to, I don't really have like a catchy phrase for this one, but some kind of the tornado has slowed and now we're actually able to get realistic perspective because we're able to accept support, accept influence, and accept other 
perspective. When we're in the tornado, we tend to not see or notice the support that we actually do have because the underlying beliefs are something like there's no support, there's no solutions, I can't get what I need. It's just a it's just a real sense of disaster. And as that slows and we actually are able to allow the people that do support us to support us, that becomes very connecting. But we aren't we aren't as stuck to the belief that there are no solutions, right? That that belief is attached to the tornado. As the tornado slows, maybe we're able to acknowledge our emotions like, oh, I'm afraid. Oh, I, I'm really scared. Once we're able to acknowledge our emotions and maybe even share the emotions as opposed to all of the different things that are happening and swirling and whatever, it becomes much easier to contact another person and for them to contact us. And when we actually can ground into that, then we start to realize, okay, maybe there is, maybe not a solution, but maybe there's a helpful perspective. And not one that just says, oh, everything's fine. There's no problem here, right? We don't jump to some kind of lying to ourselves or some kind of toxic positivity, but some sort of realistic perspective. This is how we get out of the tornado. And this is what it feels like and looks like when we don't spin as much. We're able to stay in some kind of grounded, realistic perspective from which we can access, again, personal agency, some bit of choice. We can start moving in a direction any direction. We can get away from the debris that was just thrown all about by the spin. So that is horseman number three, anxiety spins, 60 tornadoes, whatever you want to call them. They're not a good time. They're not a good time for us. And they're not a good time for the people in the path of our tornado. They can be very difficult in relationships and knowing how to get out of them and how to let another person actually impact us so we can sort of build, you know, a shared solution is really, 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 really useful for sixes. I want to give you a practical tip on this one since it comes up a lot in relationships. Something that I practice frequently when I'm in one of these states and I know that I actually do want to get out of it, this is key. First of all, do you actually want to get out of the state? And if not, then it would be kind, generous, um, helpful to ask the person if they have space to listen to you vent. Maybe you just want to, you know, I really have a lot of emotion. I just really need to get all this off my chest. Do you have space to listen? Asking that goes a long, long way because people don't always. And that's okay. That's actually really okay if people have limits on what they can sort of um, handle of someone else's deal. We all have those limits, actually. A lot of times sixes can miss that they too have those limits depending on their makeup. Anyway, 
ask if someone has space. If you if you don't want to get out of the state and you just want to kind of blow the tornado, see if that is okay. Another one when you do want to actually move out of the state is to say something like, can you help me think this through? That signals to both of you that you know there's some place to get here and you would like to get there and you also understand that it's your thing to think through or it's something you'd like to think through together but you also are going to have a part in that. It's a real shared responsibility statement and it helps, or question I guess, and it just helps frame what's to come. People really appreciate that. And we want to give people in our lives a way to win with us and a way to help us. It also just helps us take more accountability for how we are showing up in our relationships. Horseman number four of the six apocalypse is cynicism. Cynicism is a little bit like it's a certainty of negative outcomes. So this is our distrust of people, our distrust of organizations and institutions, expectation of negative outcomes that kind of thing. And there really is a question underneath cynicism. And it is this question of what can I trust? And there is, there can be a belief that I can't trust anything or anyone, not even myself. And even though it can feel certain, it really has a negative impact on us because it is pessimistic. And as we know, I think I've talked about before, pessimism is not good for our own personal outcomes. Pessimism is not correlated with mental well-being. So then we can wonder... (laughs) Well, what are we supposed to do? Just believe things we don't believe or just expect positive things to happen. You know, our brain can go into a very all or nothing place with this where it can feel impossible or like we're just expecting ourselves to be positive when we're not. And that is not the antidote or the positive opposite to cynicism. It's really around making peace with uncertainty and developing self-trust. The truth about the world, as we all know, is that yes, there is a lot of bad and there's a lot of people who are, you know, out to do nefarious things and all of that, yes. And there actually is also a lot of good and a lot of people who can be trusted and relied on and we for ourselves can absolutely be one of those people and we can practice living in the world with a little more rounded into our own self and acceptance that we don't actually know what's going to happen. Cracking open an acceptance of uncertainty doesn't just mean 
or hanging out waiting for bad things to happen. It actually means good things that we didn't necessarily predict or see coming might also happen. Having a realistic worldview holds open the possibility for positive things and negative things, both the whole spectrum of potential outcomes. And with a trusting internal sense of ourselves, we develop the capacity to navigate life knowing that we can't really know what's coming, but we can plan for good things we didn't expect and bad things we didn't expect. We don't have to claim certainty that actually isn't serving us in a defense against uncertainty, which is what cynicism really is at the end of the day. It's since I can't know for sure, I'm just going to decide that it's going to be bad. A lot of people do this to, quote, protect themselves from disappointment, like expect the worst. And then if something good happens, fine, whatever. And if that works for you, obviously, great, fine. And also... (laughs) It is, if we know that we can weather things like disappointment and other potentially negative emotions, then we actually also open ourselves up to more potentially positive emotions. So having an upfront negative pessimistic posture to things, I I guess I just wonder, I, I, I literally like just imagine myself trying to like convince someone of this, which I'm not here to do really. That's that's not what I want to do. But I do just want to sort of crack open the conversation and invite the idea for those of us that are a little more pessimistic that there is a way to actually contact the truth of uncertainty that can feel better and have better outcomes for your mental wellness, which is really what this whole podcast is about. These Four horsemen are the ways that as sixes, we will sort of automatically be in as much control of our own mental wellness as we can. And as we shift from the automatic patterns to these more conscious strategies where we access our own personal agency in our lives, that bodes so well for our mental wellness is just part of our lives that cannot be ignored. Our health in general is impacted by our mental health. And these are just some ways that when we get aware of these patterns, we can make changes that give us more access to a sense that we can impact our own experience in our lives. So to review, blame is automatic. It's a thing that happens. It makes sense. We want to shift from blame if we can to more personal responsibility, just not something to use against ourselves, but an invitation to see how we can impact our experience. From shame, wants to develop self-compassion. So we bring ourselves into the human, into humanity, into a sense that it's okay that we're a human who does human things. We don't have to be afraid of that. We don't have to beat ourselves up for that. Self-compassion is hugely beneficial for mental wellness. And then we want to move from anxiety spins into 
to actually being able to connect and accept the support that we do have in our lives. And finally, moving from cynicism to an acceptance of and just kind of being in right relationship with uncertainty, understanding that, yeah, a lot of bad things can happen, whether we predict them or not. And so can a lot of good things, particularly if we're able to remain open to the possibility. That's what I have for you this week. I look forward to being back next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Don't forget, if you want the waitlist for Zero to 60 reopening will be in the show notes. And I really look forward to having more of you in the program and helping you with your angst and anxiety and fear, core emotions that capture us. And imagine what it would be like to have a little bit less of that, a little more ease, a little more calm, a little more joy, whatever it is you want more of, I will teach you how to get more of that and experience it in your life.